Welcome to the Sunday Morning Podcast from Kingdom Faith Church in Horsham. This message is by Eric Casto. It's what a blessing to be here. Um, since I think it was February of 20, I was up in Norwich. Come over and I went up to Norfolk. And... Um, we were in Cambridge, Peterborough, all over different places in, in Norfolk. And, and um, at the time, the, the, the UK had come out of the European Union fully. Now, in my job, I, mine's a spiritual work. And I felt something missing on this nation that I liked in the realm of the spirit out there with people. And I thought, this is going to be a stellar year for the UK. And then I get home, and my brother called me. He goes, hey, listen, they're going to shut everything down. I said, they can't do that. <laughs> and they did. And I'm stuck now in the States. And while I didn't stay stuck, I mean, by April, I took my cross and started walking beaches. And um, nobody would take tracks from me. And uh, but I still walked uh, by faith, praying over my state of Florida and just believing God. And, and I began to watch a progression of openness in our state. Our state didn't stay closed. We had a different type of government with, and they began to open things up. But I began to watch the progression in the people. People had to change. And, and then, you know, all of a sudden we have a crosswalk and 10 people took the tracks. I thought, what a miracle. Now, we used to do London crosswalks and 25,000 people take the tracks, you know, and 10 took them. Oh, that was a miracle. And then we began and all of a sudden it just broke open and the tracks just, just, just fly out. And, and people know that something was really bad in the world. That's really what I feel when I'm with people. People know something is really bad happening in the earth. And, um, and so, what a blessing. I, I, about three months ago, I felt the Lord say, you're going back. I thought, I started pinching myself. Is it real? Was that you, Lord? So I had to start using my faith. I'm going back to Europe. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. And, and sure enough, I'm here. And... Um, and I just came back from Paris. I'm not going to get too much in, into that, but I was in Paris before I came here. And um, there again, I didn't feel the hardness in the atmosphere like I had on er earlier crosswalks in, in, in the nation of France. Something is changing. And, and I really believe, I really believe we have to understand the time that we're in. And, I, and I'm going to try to communicate maybe that a little bit this morning. Can I just open in a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful to be back. I got so much in me, and I don't know where to go with it, but I know you're going to lead me. Father, I pray for my friends right now that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive of the word of God. Father, I believe for healing and deliverance in this service that people that came in with pain will leave out of here with joy. 
Father, we thank you for these, these operations at the ministry of angels. And Father, as the word of God goes forth, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. A amen. You know, um, several years ago, I was about three years back, four years back, I was in Paris, France. I was, had been walking all over France. And uh, the, the radiating presence of the Lord was on me, the love of God. And I was at Charles de Gaulle Airport ready to go home. And I had my cross in my hand. And every time I'm in Charles de Gaulle and they go to check me in, what is this? Oh, it's a cross. A what? A cross. And then they start speaking in a cross. Oh, a cross. It's a cross. <laughs> yeah, it's a cross. I carry a cross. So I always love being, especially, I don't know why, but that, that airport really opens up conversations. Well, this day, I'm uh, in line, and I, I see the United lady checking people in, and someone has really offended her. You can feel it. And I'm like, I'm heading right into a storm. <laughs> and, uh, you know, when you're tired a little bit, you know, you got flesh, and you know you... But you know, as I was standing there, all of a sudden, Jesus was standing next to me. I didn't see him, but his presence and his love. Tears began to come down my eyes, and I began to talk to him in my heart. And standing there in his love, in his presence, I said, Lord, I'm not like you. I want to be like you. There's something about Jesus himself that when you stand with him, you will realize who you are. And you will realize who he is. And his love will do that to you in order to draw you close to him. I have never been in the presence of somebody so strong. You will never meet anyone more stronger than Jesus. And yet so patient. And kind. I got up to the lady. Now, Christianity, we are called peculiar people because we can be having a vision and an experience with Jesus while checking our bags in. <laughs> but what I noticed is while I'm doing this, I'm really not interacting with the lady other than. You know, you travel, you hand this there, you know what to do. I was in autopilot, but in my heart, I'm like, Jesus, please never, I don't want to ever walk out of this visitation because your love is everything. Right before I left, I realized the lady had changed. She had melted. 
Whatever was on her was now gone. When I got on the plane and she saw me, I'm still in this realm. I'm not really interacting with people. I'm just in this realm of the love of God that I needed to be in. I had been given out and given out and given out, telling people about the love of God. And now I'm in this realm saying, Jesus changed me. Were you a bad guy? No, but I was me. And let me say this, and you are you. <laughs> Got my string coming out. Jesus loves you so much. And the last two days in London, I saw the nations of the world. People. We started across Westminster Bridge. I had a tear in my eye. I thought I'd never see this bridge again. I've done this now for quite some time. In fact, Pastor, last, yesterday our outreach ended with two policemen. I had been preaching right next to Parliament. The power of God came down. My voice was just echoing all across Parliament Square. People couldn't get away from it. What were you saying? Jesus loves you. He's alive. Don't die without Christ. Don't die without Jesus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Don't die without Christ. As I did, the last sentence, don't die without Christ, I never touched into this realm. It was like a big balloon. It just dropped, boom. And I said, I thought, there's something about this nation in the realm of evangelism that goes out of the church. And Lord, I, I'm just so thankful that you let me come to this great Britain to be a part of whatever this root over this nation is that declares the gospel out loud. There's crazy British people that changed the world. People just like you. And so, as soon as I did that, I saw the far end of Parliament Square, two policemen. And I thought, they're listening. And then they started coming at me. Now, I didn't have a problem because I'd been talking to police all along. I had great rapport with police. When we went up there, we were praying for the police, praying for first responders, loving them in prayer. You don't have any idea what they go through. And we're bathing them in prayer. And then we had great conversations with police. Good. I mean, the first time I preached on Friday, this big policeman, he was an older one walking there. A little intimidating. He'd been on the force for a long time. He says, he says, how was your throat? I said, it's fine. He says, keep doing the good work. <laughs> I said, thank you. 
But these two police, they came over. They said, you're not under arrest. We just want to talk. And we had a great conversation. We talked for 15, 20 minutes, and it was just relaxed. They let us put their helmet on. and they, they, I mean, it was quite an interesting thing. And, um, and, then, and then we said, we, we just want you to know how much we love you. We appreciate you. Can we pray for you? They said, yes. Yeah, will you pray for our colleagues as well? I said, we'll pray. And we bowed our heads there, and we began to pray with these two policemen. They were young. I thought, man, when I started this learning crosswalk, you were just learning to walk. <laughs> That's crazy. And we prayed, and they said, thank you very much. They, were, they had changed because of the love of God. The love of God. It's interesting. We get into groups of people. They surround us and start taking the tracks from us. People come over. May I have one of those, please? Yes, you may. Have a tract. God is speaking to the nations. God is speaking. God is speaking. And we have to be carriers of his voice. We have to be open our mouth. And I, I know it. I tell people, I say, Lord... I open my mouth, it can't do anything. But if you say something, that will change everything. <laughs> you didn't get saved because of the evangelist. You got saved because when the evangelist was preaching, Jesus came in and stepped there and started talking to you. And the evangelist disappeared. And it was Jesus, I believe. He saves you, not the evangelist. <laughs> we just get to go and help. Now, let's take a look at something. The Lord kind of threw something into me this morning, but I think it's something you're going to have to hear. And Pastor Clive said, we're going to go to three, so we got time. <laughs> Just kidding. Look at, look, look at this. In Mark 1.17, I want you to look at this in your Bible. I want you to hear this. Mark 1.17. Get your phones out and don't check your emails. I'm watching. Now, this is a beautiful scripture. You, you really love this scripture. Jesus said, come after me. Don't you love that? You know, he, he could have said, uh, I'm not going to let you near me. Couldn't you? He opened the door. Come. Wait a minute. You, you created everything. You want me to come after you? Yes. Okay. He said, I will make you to become fishers of men. Now, that's your Lord and Savior talking. There's a purpose to your love for him. Your development in him. Let's look at Matthew 9, 37, 38. You're going to like this scripture, too. It's another good one. You, you just, you're going to really love this one. It's Jesus talking again. Don't you love it when Jesus talks? I do. Then Jesus said to his disciples, that's you and me, 
He said, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers got a problem here. He said, they're few. He said, pray the Lord of the harvest and he will send forth laborers into England. No. France. No. America. No. His harvest. That's what we're going for. His harvest. Let's read one, one last little scripture here. And you, this is, boy, it's equally as good. You're just going to love this one. James 5, verse 7. Be patient, therefore, brethren, unto the coming of the Lord. Now, I really believe Jesus is coming soon. I feel it. I feel something. A sobering. A sobering to be watching and in watching to be doing. I, I can't tell you how many times I will be in my car getting gas, getting some milk to take home, and, and, and I'll feel the Lord say, grab a smile tract and I need you to give it to the person in there. And 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 I would grab one, and, I, and, I, and, and this just happened. Grab two. It came, grab two. I said, there was nobody else in there. So I grabbed two. As soon as I walked back in, some guy showed up that I never saw, and there were two. I told my wife, I said, Beth, Jesus really is involved in this. The other day, I, I, I was at a McDonald's, and, I, and, I, and, and, and there was a person in there I had Talked a little bit, and I thought, I got to go back in there. And I was running a little bit late. I thought, I got to get back in there. And so I just grabbed some tracks out of the door, thinking I'm going to give one. You know, I, I didn't take time to get one. I just grabbed some. As soon as I start walking, the tracks started flowing out, and it was the exact number of the people. I sat back and I thought, how in the world does that happen? Because you're walking with the Lord. And go story after story. Now, behold, the husbandman waits for the precious fruit of the earth. Now, the word precious there was not put there by you. It was put there by the Lord. He calls it precious. That means something he loves, something he thinks about, something he has a lot of desire for. And yesterday while I was in London walking, walking with the cross and looking at thousands of people, some people, they see you and their neck gets stiff and they're going to walk like this, like they're not looking. And I'm thinking, you're precious. I, I tell me, you're precious. You're really precious to Jesus. He loves you so much. You're precious to the Lord. It's precious to the Lord. And it must be precious to us. If it's not precious to us, then my question is, do you really know him? Because there's something about when you're with him and his love, you can't help but to think about what he loves. 
right? If you worship and worship and worship and never have a desire for lost people, adjust your worship. Because you're not connecting with him to really know him. Because there's something about his love that begins to change you. You can't love the lost in yourself. You can't do it. It's supernatural. The harvest is so great, it's too weighty. But as you spend time with him, he says, come, let me give you some of my love for them. Oh, okay, I'll take it. I'll do what you asked me to do. See, a lot of people don't do evangelism is because they're looking at their own strength. They're looking at their own ability. And you know what? You will never do anything in your own ability. When I, when, I, when I started this ministry over 20 years ago, I was ready to quit and go home to America. I had had it. I was beat up. I was ready to go. And I did quit. Then I met Prince Charles, and everything changed. An anointing for Britain came down upon me. And I went home. I said, Lord, I said, I quit. He said, but I'm beginning. (laughs) And I realized he didn't need me doing something for him. The Lord wants such a communion with you that you walk together with him in the earth so that the steps that you take, you'll see that they were in the steps of the Lord. He wants a friendship with you. Did you know, I know you're sitting out there and you think I don't see you, I do. The Lord wants you to be a friend to you. That's how he is. Can you imagine that? His heart loves you so much, he wants to be a friend to you and talk to you. Have your heart burn with his word where you say, wasn't my heart burning in me while I was reading my Bible? Yeah, you were reading your Bible, but he was there right there talking to you. He loves you. Now, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about this. Peter, good old Peter. Remember Peter? (laughs) I like Peter. One day Jesus shows up on the, the hillside and Thousands of people. Peter had had a long night of fishing and it it was just, he was ready to quit and go become a, a, a lawyer or something. It was a terrible night of fishing and and all of a sudden Jesus is there with a plan. He says, Peter, can I get into your boat? Yes. <laughs> he probably didn't even say it very nice. Yes. I haven't slept all night. Yes, you can get in my boat. And Peter, Peter's sitting there and he's hearing these words that he's never heard before. Words that are burning in his heart. And then Jesus turns to Peter. Hey, Peter, will you go out into deeper water? Sure. And then... This man with these words. 
begins to speak words into Peter that confront his mind and his heart. His heart is loving these words. His mind now is at odds. Peter, throw your net out. Uh, Lord, we've been fishing all night. I, I'm a professional fisher, fisherman. And uh, I know some things about this. My dad was a fisherman, and this runs in the family. But those words, he finally surrenders to those words. At your word, I will. As soon as they throw the net out, it's full of fish, sinking the boat almost, and they're working to get it in. Peter's not thinking about fish anymore. You know what he does? He gets down on his face, and I believe one hand reaches out to grab hold of Jesus' foot. He says, depart from me. I don't think he wanted him to. <coughs> he says, I'm a sinful man. Ah, when you're with Jesus, you realize who you are. But you realize who he is. And you realize he loves you. What does Jesus say? He says, Peter, I want you to follow me. I want you, Mr. Sinful Man, I want you to follow me. I'm going to make you a fisher of men. Peter had no idea that that day when he rolled up the shore, he wasn't feeling anything. He was swatting mosquitoes. He was tired. And then when Jesus stepped into his boat, Peter had no idea. He was now embarking into his destiny. He was embarking into the book of Acts. What about you? Let me just read one last thing. I'm not really sure what time I was supposed to end. I want you to look at Acts 2.41. Acts 2.41. 3,000 souls come into the kingdom of God. Then they that gladly received his word, they were baptized the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Jesus, when he was with these disciples, he said some crazy things to them <laughs> that they understood later. He said, I'm going to go back to my father. And the result of my going back to the Father, you're going to do works like I do, and you're going to do greater works than I do. Now, can you imagine these disciples sitting there going, what? Greater works? I mean, they watched Jesus raise the dead. They watched Jesus walk on water. They watched Jesus put eyeballs back into Eyes. 
the crippled walked. And then Jesus says, you know the things that I do? You're going to do it. And, and then he says, this is what? Greater works. <laughs> well, there on the day of Pentecost, as the power of God came down upon that upper room, they began to speak in the languages of the nations. It was the Tower of Babel in reverse. The God that gave languages at the rebellion of Babel, who spoke to Abraham, Abraham, in you is going to be a seed that I'm going to use to bless all the nations of the world. And Abraham's like, it feels good. I believe it. Have no idea what you're talking about. So Abraham starts this trajectory of faith, doesn't he? He never saw it with his eyes. But on that day of Pentecost, Christ sit down at the right hand of the Father. He takes the power of the Holy Ghost and releases this harvest wind of God upon the earth. The baptism of the Holy Ghost is not a Pentecostal experience. It is a harvest wind of God that empowers the body of the Mashiach for all of the nations. There in that upper room, they began to speak in all these different languages. And I really believe one of the greatest miracles that day is that people could hear their languages spoken clearly. I mean, like if we got in here and everyone started praying in tongues, I couldn't hear what you're saying. It's one sound. But they didn't. They could hear it. All from all nations around the world, they're like, they're speaking my language perfectly. But... They're unified. There's no division. The baptism of the Holy Ghost in tongues was a unifier. Never a divider. I had a, a pastor told my, my, my father-in-law, my father-in-law said, why don't we talk about the Holy Ghost more? And the pastor said, well, we're about unity and that topic will divide everyone. I said, well, you didn't read your Bible. Because in the book of Acts, it unified everybody. So you had a different spirit. Well, all of a sudden, these nations start coming around. And there is Peter. He's in another boat with Jesus, isn't he? And this time, it's not going to be fish. It's going to be a boat sinking load of the humankind. As he begins to preach to them, all of a sudden, they're like, what do we do? You know the story. And there's, they're, they're standing there. Peter watches the breath of God come down upon 3,000 people, which was a greater work than Jesus had ever done on the earth because Jesus never got anyone born again. He had to die first. He had to go to heaven first. And now there's his disciples. They're in the boat of life and they're preaching the gospel and there's that wonderful wind of God coming. Blowing in the earth. Say amen. amen. <laughs> I'll amen myself. Amen. 
Acts 2, 47. Look at this. And the Lord added daily to the church such as should be saved. Salvation is not a work of man. It's a work of the Lord. He's the one who adds. Number, look at this one. Acts 4, verse 4. Just write these down. 5,000 men. We don't even know how many women and children. There's too many of them. Many of them which heard the word believed and the number of the men was about 5,000. When you go through the book of Acts, looking at all the harvest of groups of people, of individuals and of families, you realize that the book of Acts is a harvest book. It's a book of a church moving forward in the earth, a, a church of prayer, a church of resurrection power, a church that was going through immense persecution, but they never backed down. They kept moving forward in this combine of God. And that's where we are today. We're in this combine of God. Let me just say this to you. Back in December, I think, of 2017, President Trump, they would say the leader of the free world, he declared that Jerusalem was the capital of Israel. And boy, that made the nations angry. Well, we don't like that trumpet. We really don't like him now. Yeah, you know, you guys are sitting there quiet. You know exactly what I'm talking about. But for those who are in the realm of the spirit are paying attention that the season and time of the Gentiles is coming to an end. Everything is moving back towards Jerusalem. But our purpose and calling as the Gentile body of Christ is the harvest of the nations. We must be outward looking in this harvest of God to understand why did God baptize you in the Holy Ghost? So that you can pray in tongues a little bit during worship? Well, that's wonderful too. We got to do that. No. It's to move us forward in this plan of a love for lost people, of telling lost people. When I look at Britain in the realm of the spirit, I see teams going out of places into the little villages where the elderly are. Because there's a foundation in them still that if they'll get a tract in their hand, they'll pray the prayer. They'll secure their salvation. I see the winds of God moving. If people will begin to rise up and go and bring the joy and the love of God into places, nooks and crannies in a 25-mile radius of this church to begin to plow things up, plow things up and put seed into the hands of God and begin to speak to mountains and this region will begin to change in these hour and in this time before the Lord's great appearing. But you have to activate. I tell people giving out a track isn't that hard. My wife got saved from a tract that was given to her by someone that wasn't even a Christian. That's a true story. She, she got saved because when she opened it, the Holy Spirit came and burned in her heart. And she said, I believe. For a year and a half, her parents didn't let her go to church. 
Jesus knew where she was. No pastor in that town knew where she was, but Jesus knew where she was. And he was working with her. Elijah the prophet said, Lord, I'm the only one. And Jesus said, uh, I, no, you're not. I got a lot of people you don't know about. I'm busy when you just do what I ask you to do. Amen. Isn't that true? Sometimes when we get busy for the Lord, we just think we're doing it all for him. No, you're not. Jesus got up early when he was raised from, you know why? He wanted to get busy. He didn't have a lion. Three years of heavy ministry. This tomb feels pretty good. No one's bothering me here. The door's closed. Whew. Peter, James, and John have been driving me nuts lately. Peter's cutting people's ears off. I have to glue them back on. Oh, that angel came down and kicked that stone out, and Jesus walked out. King of kings, Lord of lords. And let me tell you something, he's still walking. He's outperforming everybody on this planet, believe me. Paul thought he was really special until one day Jesus Christ, who had been a man restored to the glory he had before the creation of time began, stepped out and just blew his eyeballs out. He said, why are you persecuting me? Jesus is working, and we have to pray and love each other so much, all right? He knows if you love each other. He really knows that. He really knows that. And say, Lord, here I am. I, I want to walk with you in the earth. I want to be like you. I'm not like you, but I, but I want to be like you. And I know when I see you, I will be like you, but help me out. Help me out. My wife prays that for me. Help him out. My dogs pray that for me. You know, we talk about the rapture a lot at my house, and my dogs are worried. They're trying to get saved. Let's stand up. I want to thank you for taking time to listen to me today. But we're going to pray a little bit. This is a prayer meeting. A lot of things have been said this morning. I pray get deposited in you. First of all, the thing I'm going to commission you to do, increase your praying for your first responders. That will make Jesus very happy. They face a lot of evil that you don't. It's just pure evil. You don't face it. But you can pray for them. You can bathe them in love so that when they go home at night, they're not carrying that image in their mind when they interact with their wife. Pray for them. And when you see them, say, hey, thank you. We pray for you at church. We love you. Yeah? Just, just, just love on them. Well, we don't, we don't say that to people. Well, do it anyways. You'll go, that feels good, I like it, and then do it again. Second time's better than the first. And then keep doing it. Tell people, tell them you're very thankful. Isn't that wonderful to do? It'll make their day. They'll say, wow, 
I don't get paid very much, but wow, it's worth it now. Amen? And when you get a ticket, pay it. <laughs> the next thing that I'm commissioning you with is a hunger for Jesus. Just to be with him. And as you're with him, say, Lord, you know, I haven't really had a burden for the lost world. My neighbors, I've never talked to them. Um, Lord, help me. And he will. Oh, he'll help you. He's been waiting for you to say, help me. And mean it. Not help me and not mean it. There's a difference. The third thing is, arm yourself with anything that you can get into your hands and into your heart just to talk to people and plant the gospel. Can't tell you. People take these tracks all over. My friends in Norwich, they said, Pastor Eric, they said, every time people had such a serious look, we gave them the track and a smile came on their face. You could see something come down on them. Because the Lord's speaking to them. He loves them. Amen? We're in the harvest winds of God. Your baptism of the Holy Spirit is bigger than what you think. It's moving all over this earth. Amen? May I pray for you? Raise your hands. Let's just raise our hands. Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name, I pray for my friends. I pray that the evangelistic anointing of John 3.16, that you so love the world that you gave your only begotten Son, that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but have everlasting life. I pray that that revelation would come upon this church in a greater ma manner, in an increasing manner, that, Father, that this church would have a, a strength of God in a harvest operation. Strip them of all the wrong thinking that they think that this is hard and big and bring them into the reality of the simplicity of the love of God as it reaches out. The simplicity of a seed of faith that can move mountains. Bring them into the joy of the simplicity of speaking to people about Jesus. I pray, I pray, I pray for a harvest of first responders, these precious people in the ambulatory, in the, in the police force, in the fire brigade. We love them right now. We ask that an anointing would come upon those in our region, those that serve us as they serve you. Many of them don't even know they're serving you. But Lord, let an anointing come on them and wash them today. Order their steps. Deliver them from harm. That they not be harmed in anything that they're doing. God, deliver them. And God, that their families and marriages would be strengthened. We pray for them. We love them in prayer. We love them in prayer because they're your servants. And many don't know that. 
but we love them in Jesus' name. And Father, we thank you for, for this right now. We thank you for it. Now let me just close with this. Just keep your eyes closed and just listen to me for a minute. Maybe you've come here today. Maybe you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord. Maybe you began a long time ago serving the Lord and something happened and you fell away from him. Your heart grew cold and all the while you knew you were doing wrong and for some reason you came here today and you've heard about Jesus. And probably during this service you haven't listened to a whole lot of anything other than Jesus, here I am. I'm here. Please forgive me. Please forgive me. I want you right now as a congregation if you're like that, we're going to say a prayer right where you are, right where you are. You're going to make some things right with Jesus right now. I'm not going to ask you to come down here. You're going to pray right where you are. And you're going to pray with all of your heart, and we're going to pray with you. Let's pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, I want to thank you for bringing me here today because you love me. I'm sorry. I repent. I'll change today as I give you my life. I need your help. I receive your help. And thank you for filling me with the Holy Spirit and helping me back into praying in tongues. That I pray in tongues again. Right there, right there, start praying in tongues again. Hallelujah. Now, let me tell you. You know, you do something wrong and you get into that presence of Jesus and you realize he forgives you. And what does he do? He says, come on, let's start walking again. Oh, but I've done bad. Jesus says, I don't know what you've done. You just repented. He said, when you see my blood on that cross, it washed it all away. I've just been waiting for you to say, I'm sorry, I repent. Now let's start walking. Amen. Amen. Love you very much. I love you very much. I have missed you all. Missed you, Clive. Missed you so much. I'm turning the service back over. So now it's back into your language. And um, we love you. Bye-bye. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this Kingdom Faith podcast. We trust it's been an encouragement to you. For more information and resources from Kingdom Faith and our other audio and video podcasts, please visit www.kingdomfaith.com. 